0: Welcome to the Chai Break Podcast with your host, Shweta Ravishankar And Rama Rao, coming to you from New York City. Each week, we brew up conversations steeped in our cross-cultural experiences, growing up in India, and moving abroad in our 20s. From feminism to fashion, colorism
1: to colonialism, join us on our journey of becoming. With elements that almost every immigrant, irrespective of background, can relate to. Hope you enjoy our conversations and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hello, hello! Welcome to another episode of the Chai Break Podcast. As always, we kick off this week with a review coming to you from Nikki Aurora from the Bay Area. She has this to say: Rama and Shweta are a fantastic pair. They so eloquently and beautifully share their insights and experiences to intelligent, articulate, and professional women who have found their footing and fit via a podcast that we all get to experience. Thanks for sharing your life and thoughts with the world. I look forward to every episode. Thank you so much, Nikki. Indeed, your review means the world to us, and we're so happy. Nothing makes us happier than hearing from you.
0: Wow, that's a lovely review. Thank you so much, Nikki. And thank you, everyone, for sending us these reviews, feedbacks. We've been hearing so much um, feedback from all of you and we're absolutely thrilled and truly grateful. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
1: So let's kick off this episode, Rama.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely, Shweta. How are we doing today?
1: We are doing good just having recovered, like the entire family recovered from our uh, first bout of cold post, you know, school starting. We're happy it's behind us now. And as for today's episode, um, as you know, I am especially excited for this episode, uh, which is part two of our uh, continued series on sustainability. Correct. Today, we talk about one of my favorite topics, sustainable fashion.
0: That is correct. This is like your ada. <laughs> is like your area. In, yeah, yeah. In Hindi slang, so absolutely. So I'm going to give you the reins of this one because you're the expert on this, and I'm, of course, will chime in on how I look at it as we move along. Yeah, sounds good.
1: Sounds awesome, Rama. So definitely no expert, but uh, you know I've taken it upon myself. Um, having been in the industry, as you all know, I work in the retail fashion space. And, um, you know, it's been a couple of years now, you know, when I started hearing the chatter and really taking it into consideration around, you know, all the contributions, the harmful contributions of fashion to, you know, whether it's landfills, you know, climate change and all of the practices and the whole ecosystem as a whole. Mm -hmm. And um, as I learned more about the um, more and more about what it's doing to the environment, uh, I think. One of the side effects I have, you know, you know, right, being in this space, what there are pros and cons. The Mm -hmm. cons is obviously like, you know, I've always been a big shopaholic and it Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, (laughs) went to kind of a little crazy promotions at one point because, you know, you want to stay in the know, you want to be trendy and all of this kind of, you know, and also like as we have mentioned to our listeners before, like growing up, like dressing up was such a huge part of, you know, what I saw my mom do. So I always took to, you know, fashion or getting ready as a tool of like creative expression mm-hmm. so i definitely you know hopped on the fast fashion trend hungry bad right
0: right absolutely and i used i like the how you use the word creative expression for you know you using fashion as a tool of you know your expression creative expression surely you know one that changes and evolves over time because of course fashion and trend changes over time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um what got you from there to where you are today? Is it is it right that you like bought under 15 items of clothing in a whole year and then 90% of that mm-hmm. is now thrifted?
1: That is correct. Is that something
0: true? <laughs> yes, it is. It's,
1: it's a goal I set for myself um, uh-huh. sometime around 2019. And I'm like, look, let's keep a realistic goal. I know I'm going to shop, but let me be more, you know, ask myself certain questions and really see whether is it a need or a want? Mm -hmm. And where am I buying it from? And what kind of practices, you know, am I implementing for myself, right? Mm -hmm. And um, like we said, even in the uh, first episode, you know, the previous episode on sustainability, sustainability as a whole, whether it's sustainable living, sustainable fashion, can be really overwhelming because some for some a lot of us even for me at the beginning it can seem like an all or nothing Mm -hmm. kind of thing but Mm -hmm. you know um also because you know there are part of you know the kind of life we've been living you know a lot of the parts which have not been sustainable have also given us a lot of conveniences you know we should not forget that so when you think about sustainable living sustainable fashion it kind of it's You have to start making those changes at a grassroots level, Mm -hmm. like your everyday habits, you know, and kind of trying to educate yourself and nudge your family also to join along on this journey.
0: Right, right. And
1: you're right, you know, I definitely challenged myself to thrifting and thrifting consciously. I'll talk more about in our next and the third part of this uh, series about what thrifting consciously really means. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it really feels good to have having accomplished that goal. That I mm-hmm. set out for myself because it didn't come easy, mm-hmm. you know, because you're always like, you know, you're like, oh, you know, I want that. I want this. But then you have to like stop and like, you know, just ask yourself those very basic questions. Mm-hmm. You know, do I really need it or do I just want it? Kind of thing.
0: Is this a need versus want yeah, situation? Totally. Yeah, 100%. Because right? basically what you're trying to say to the audience is that uh, you're using, uh, you know, you're and you're the number of clothes you're buying mm-hmm. over time mm-hmm. you are mixing and matching certain essential pieces to build a, you know a closet uh, where you don't have to go crazy with having five different colors of the same shirt or something like that that's right and then you are you're using thrifting which i think is interesting cuz thrifting used to be such a uh it had its own interesting um meaning to it right mm-hmm. And history. well growing yeah. up in india mm-hmm. yeah growing up in india we were You know, if somebody said you are, you're just going to the secondhand store to buy something that was kind of frowned (laughs) upon, right? Definitely. Yes. But actually, you're right, as the word sustainability is, you know, is hitting this whole fashion space. And uh, we're seeing a lot more people not just going and buying the factory made, like the the regular clothes and just buying, using, then throwing or donating, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but rather consciously uh, going to a thrift store and you know, or a good thrift store, obviously, Mm -hmm. and looking for pieces that they really, um, you know, which are either have good material, comes from a good brand and so on, and buying it at a much cheaper price. And, you know, people who are also going to give away the clothing are now giving it away to thrift stores who can, Mm -hmm. so this thing just keeps cycling, right? People buy from the thrift store. Yeah, it's circular Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. and people sell it back to the thrift store. And so you really are introducing a much more cleaner way of this practice versus just going and buying in bulk and then throwing them away. And Mm -hmm. yeah, then we wonder why the landfills are just getting fulfilled.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, I mean, the end is, you know, to stretch the life of a garment and see that it doesn't land up in the landfill. right? Right. So let's see, we're talking about so much about sustainability. So what is sustainable fashion Mm -hmm. in a nutshell? Mm -hmm. So this is the definition. Sustainable fashion is a movement and a process of fostering change to fashion products Mm -hmm. and the fashion system itself as a whole towards a greater ecological integrity and social justice. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, in the end process, you know, when you look at sustainable fashion, like I said, it's an entire ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's not only about making a garment, it's also the practices that it involves right, right. Yeah. you know talking about reducing the amount of water used the kind of chemicals the energy consumption that goes into producing a single product yeah and then in turn after every like with everything right mm-hmm. when a, anything is produced there's always waste you know so how are you collecting and disposing those waste yeah. what is happening you know where is it going is it going to a landfill and what you know mm-hmm. and in that way in the end goal is to reduce our carbon footprint
0: yeah, it's like it's what we do to plastics or right, what we do right. to other things. We're looking at it in the fashion mm-hmm, world definitely. and that's a sustainable fashion. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's why. Right. I mean, the sustainable fashion has become such a buzzword. But when you think about it, like why sustainable fashion? Right. Mm-hmm. And as being in the industry and seeing because, you know, of the workspace I work at, like, you know, there are boxes and boxes of stuff that go out to charity and Mm -hmm. we do so much stuff, right? But then you just wonder, like, you know, being in the fashion industry, like, what is the fashion industry by numbers? Mm -hmm. So these numbers are pretty staggering. They kind of blew me away. I kind of thought I knew about it, but when I actually looked at the numbers and you'll see why, you'll hear why. Sounds good. So an estimated $2.5 trillion industry this entire fashion industry is. That's how much it's worth, right? Wow. Yeah. And an estimated 150 million lives are touched by the global apparel industry day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And 80% of this population throughout the supply chain from end to end constitute women
0: mm, you know yeah. whether
1: they're making the product packaging the product you know the whole gamut you know from the farmer to the person packing your box and shipping it off to you
0: like it's women 80 percent of them are women yeah when you think about fashion it's most though so you think about you know it's you know you can't imagine that being the women women being more contributing to mm-hmm, industry. Mm-hmm. and a part of it right and, and also then, the biggest consumers and also the biggest consumers that's yeah, true
1: <laughs> that's true so let's also see like what fashion contributes right, right. 20% of industrial water waste comes from fashion
0: wow that's uh, mm-hmm. that's mind blowing mm-hmm. who knew about
1: that it's, wow. it's these numbers i'm telling you they they, they just blew my mind yeah. another 10% of global carbon emissions actually come from fashion got it which is and, from, I, think, and I think this last bit is what kind of like will really get you thinking the next time you, before you hit that checkout button and you're tempted to buy that next fashion, that trendy piece that you're wanting to buy from another fast fashion retailer, this will definitely get you thinking. 85% of textiles are sent to landfills, Mm, which equals to 21 billion, note that, 21 billion tons per year going
0: to landfills. Wow. So this is bigger than what I imagined. Mm -hmm. And thank you for that stats, So, So this is actually pretty important now as we're talking about climate change, Mm -hmm. you know, sustainability in regards to climate change. I mean, really, the fashion industry needs to really buckle up and do something really about that. 100%. Yeah. Cuz they are it looks like they are one among the leading contributors mm-hmm. from all the stats that you mentioned. Definitely. Yes. After the oil industry, second mm-hmm. comes the fashion industry. Wow. And that's so interesting cuz it's so easy to just go to the store, oh, I'm just going to buy this mm-hmm. top or I'm going to buy this thing. We actually, you know, when we buy a garment, little do we think of what goes into manufacturing mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and actually goes into the those waste that comes out of this. That's true. That's Manufacture. True. Wow. Yeah. I mean,
1: so that's why, right, when you talk about sustainable fashion, you can't talk about it without mentioning ethical fashion. Mm-hmm. So what is like any brand that calls themselves sustainable is should also be ethical. Mm-hmm. So what is ethical? Ethical fashion takes into consideration the entire process of production
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all the players involved. This goes back to from the very basic how the cotton seed is grown, what pra- agricultural practices are used? Mm -hmm. What kind of chemicals are used there? Mm -hmm. All the people working in the cotton fields to the factories making it, to the end uh, person shipping and sending it out to you, Mm -hmm. are they all paid fair living wages. Mm. So all of this is taken into consideration because sustainable and ethical fashion has an end goal of contributing to the social good of society as a whole. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: it's not only like, okay, I bought something today, you know, whatever, I'm just buying it, I wear it, I throw it away. It's all about uplifting that entire community Mm -hmm. end to end. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, we've all heard about the, you know, sweatshops in China and this and that. They talk about all of this, right? And it is true because all of these people working in these fast fashion brands and factories churning out, you know, so many number of pieces a day. Right. They're really like, the con- uh, what are the conditions they work under? What kind of factories do they work under? Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, are they able to live a decent living,
0: mm-hmm. you know, make a decent
1: living out of, you know, the job they're in, right? Yes. All of this comes into play. And, like we talked about, you know reducing the amount of water, chemical energy consumption, all of that towards you know going carbon negative in the end,
0: right
1: now, when you're talking about like you know to a layperson who doesn't really pay that much attention, you might wonder, like what's about water, like you know how much water is required to mm-hmm. do all this? Mm-hmm. you know what's the big deal right right here's a fact for you: it takes approximately eighteen hundred gallons of water. From the point of growing the cotton seed to producing just one pair of jeans.
0: That's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. 1,800 gallons for one pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're talking about the entire process of growing and then manufacturing and then all for this one pair of jeans. But that's still significant. Very, very
1: significant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because especially when there are developing countries, you know, um, that are struggling with you know, water they don't shortage, have... yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you think about it. That's why, you know, there's a very good brand here globally called G Star. Mm-hmm. And they have if you go onto their website, you can read about, you know, what they do to reduce the amount of um the water mm-hmm. used to produce denim. Mm-hmm. Right. Because imagine, you know, all those vintage washes and this wash and that wash, mm-hmm. they're actually washed that many times to
0: get you that effect, you know? Right. So that's how much water gets wasted, you know. And not only that, when you think about it, there's all these chemicals that go into the production, right? And where does all this water end up? It has to go into the sea, ultimately, Mm -hmm. because you have to go through, you know, so you're polluting the sea with all of this stuff. You're polluting the um, environment with all of the landfills that goes waste. And you are consuming so much more of energy and water Mm -hmm. to make this one page so right. absolutely I think this is such a good topic and an important topic for all of us especially people like me who not really are in the fashion industry but when I hear these stats the next time I buy a garment I really will think twice thrice mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. before just going and saying, oh yay let's just get this yeah wow this is so interesting Shweta.
1: So speaking of retail, right, we talked about, you know, how much water it takes, et cetera, et cetera. So let's talk about some of our buying habits growing up. You know, we talked a lot in our last episode about, you know, the ways and practices that were rooted in Indian culture. Correct. So, Let's see, Rama, how often did you and your family just go and buy clothes and what did that look like for you?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, I think most people that grew up in the same time period as I did in the 80s and 90s in India will agree with this, that. We really did not go clothes shopping uh, just like that. We would go clothes shopping for occasions. So mm-hmm. it would be festivals most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the two main festivals um, in, in my household was Diwali and Pongal. Okay. And mm-hmm. birthday was a third yeah, one. Yeah. So when it was a birthday, then of course, the person who, who's celebrating the birthday is the person who will be getting those new clothes. Mm-hmm. So literally, I, I would think like three or four occasions and then festivals like Navaratri, maybe Ganesh Chaturthi, mm-hmm. but literally like four times at best in a year is when we, when we went and bought new clothes. Mm-hmm. And if I remember in my early teens, when I started wearing like salvars. Um, you know, kurta and tights. It was almost exclusively like custom made. So Mm -hmm. I don't think I remember going (laughs) and buying a ready-made garment and just wearing it off. Like it was more like fabric shopping, finding the ideal fabric and putting the accessories together and Mm -hmm. taking it to the local tailor, Mm -hmm. who then had all these design books that we could use and pick up a certain (laughs) design that we liked. And there we go. We had an outfit. Yeah. And so basically what to notice, there were scraps because, you know, these were all tailored and these scraps from the fabric that was that we had given for tailoring the remaining scraps would be turned into scrunchies a little handkerchief depending on the type of uh-huh. fabric yeah and things like that so there was nothing left to go waste mm-hmm. it was always everything was practically used for mm-hmm. something or the other
1: that is so true because i remember the the neighborhood tailor that i used to go to Regularly, when I used to go there, I used to see a woman that would come to specifically collect all the scraps that the tailor shop is producing Mm -hmm. while making these garments to upcycle and make it into something else.
0: Nice. Yeah, I remember that. They would bag
1: it up and take it to, you know, these little factories to make other things. So there was, again, like upcycling was a given. You know, reusing, upcycling, all of those practices was such a given. Mm-hmm. And I still remember, you know, so when, when you go and you give your clothes, you know, you, you like, okay, you selected all your designs and they would give you a little date. Yeah. You know, this date, it's going to be ready. And right. you would just look forward to it, you know, to go and just pick it up. And, you know, so right now, like, you know, they say, like, you look forward to the item delivered or item shipped email, right. <laughs> you know, in today's <laughs> times, that's what it equals to, you know, yeah. you look at the date and you're like, okay, it's already on the 15th. So let's go like, you know, it's so yeah. much anticipation. Yeah. I just remember all of that. And again, talking, you know, going back to upcycling, I still remember All my dad's like old T-shirts, you know, after a while, you remember, you know, there are little holes in it or whatever. Like my mother would actually just cut it up and it would become dust cloths. Or like, you know, it would become mopping cloths, you know, where the the house help would use that for mopping Mm -hmm. and things like that. And the life cycle of a garment was so much longer Mm -hmm. and almost exclusively nothing ever went to waste, you know. Because we hand
0: chose the fabric, right? Mm -hmm. We went, actually looked at the fabric. You know, learned about the fabric and we chose the fabric. We understood the longevity of fabric. Right. And nobody really wanted to buy a fabric that was going to go away in Mm -hmm. like two months. That was not the thing at all. A lot of emphasis was placed on what kind of fabric you were wearing.
1: Yeah. And even when you went fabric shopping, say you're choosing a fabric that's like sheer or whatever, Mm -hmm. you would even shop for the lining Uh fabric also, you know. The guy would tell you this requires lining and you would like buy your lining fabric as well. So, you know, that's how much detail went into making of every single garment.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And of course, you know, when you think about it, like. Once you made that garment, you would not just wear it for that one event, right? Next, you would go to a wedding, another event, you would wear it multiple times. Because let's think about it. Social media was non-existent. So Mm -hmm. people just, you know, wore pieces over and over again. And again, speaking of social media is one of the biggest contributors to why the trend of excess buying has catapulted, you know, in all of these years is because once you wear something for the gram, you know, for Instagram. You don't want to be photographed and post the same thing a second time. That is true. It's this that... insane obsession, you know, that, you know, you ha- it has to be a new uh, look, a new piece of clothing every single time you post something.
0: Right. Especially when you have influencers, mm-hmm. right, in mm-hmm. social media, you see them trying to sport many different types of trends and fabrics and stuff. So... I guess people see them and they want to adopt the same thing. And there's so much, uh, it's fashion industry has grown and expanded. And mm-hmm. like, I think we have magazines when you talk about social media, we're talking about even magazines like uh, in style. And we have what so many other fashion magazines, we have celebrities, their trends, and we're just mm-hmm. bombarded with so much information mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. that, uh you know, our clothing, we want that constant change just like the, that's true. Uh, what's happening outside. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. So when you talk about sustainability, one of the things, the basic, right? We're talking about fabric. Mm-hmm. So what kind of fabric do you look out for? You know, when you have to buy or when you go fabric shopping, whichever. Mm-hmm. So always look for 100% cotton. Right.
0: You know, and, and you're talking in lines of natural fibers. That's right. right. You're, you're, exactly. you're going in the lines of natural fibers. So mm-hmm. you're looking at what are those fabrics mm-hmm. that possesses these natural fibers mm-hmm. um, that are not synthetic, that are not processed, where these elaborate productions take right. place, mm-hmm. and where even if it goes into a landfill, it can degrade exactly. in, a, in a way that it doesn't really contribute negatively to the environment, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Cotton comes one of the first things, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then linen, and then khadi and hemp. Yeah. You know, and khadi, you know, Raba, yeah. like, I think it's... Uh...
0: It's one of the original, like, you know, khadi <laughs> is very... How was do you say it's very Indian, mm-hmm. uh, very cultural. Mm-hmm. The, actually, the term khadi was coined by Mahatma Gandhi uh, in 1918. Mm-hmm. Um, where khadi is basically it's an original hand woven natural cotton cloth. It's made from natural cotton fiber, but it's spun using the hand wheel. Mm. Um, back in the day, it was that's how it was originally produced. Mm-hmm. Um and the whole idea sustainability Gandhi thought about the uh, the effects of sustainability even back then yeah. when he decided to spin this garment cloth that he was wearing at home, using natural fiber, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't mm-hmm. want to wear the ex- the imported exactly. garments or the bulk garments that was coming from England, you know, with the British occupation at the time. Mm-hmm. So he taught every household, basically, or encouraged every household to spin their own garment mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, make their own garment and uh, wear them. And so khadi is that one of those natural moving uh, cotton fiber that's woven is a hand wheel but now it's not done with hand wheel so people do it with machines Right. but the fiber is still that very natural cotton yeah
1: and you also can use it with silk and wool right yeah. so it, you know it's not only during summer you can expand its life and you know make garments for uh, colder weather as well
0: yeah and I actually love khadi you know when I go to India and when I shop and even growing up in India I kind of gravitated towards khadi because such a good looking cloth mm-hmm. you know when it was it had that really nice, natural feel. You could it let the skin breathe, mm-hmm. and you could it it you just could wear. St- wearing khadi was really, I would I'm trying to get the right word. It it felt right. Yeah, yeah. That was how I felt. It felt right to wear khadi. and it's
1: timeless. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But back in the day, if you remember, the only people I saw wearing khadi yeah. were like. You know, like journalists and authors yeah. and theater people. It was a, a select set of people, you yeah. know, and you had, they had a look, you know, quote unquote look. Yeah. And you could tell, you know, what kind of profession they belong right. to. Right. But I feel like it should be more uh, broadly used because it has such a timeless, ageless appeal mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, that even the simplest of cuts can be enhanced yeah. just by, you know, making it from garments like you know linen and cotton and khadi all yeah. of these natural fibers
0: yeah wearing khadi like you rightly said gave that very it's the gave that look a look of an intellectual look probably mm-hmm. i think that's Intellect- probably the right word yeah <laughs> you're so right. it felt right because it made me look intellectual yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was that intellectual look and you're right it just it just felt so good wearing the khadi mm-hmm. um, you know even if you know the meaning behind it and also the cloth by itself feels so great. So. We highly encourage, uh, you know, I think through this podcast, people to gravitate towards more of these kind of sustainable fabrics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And hemp is another uh, natural fiber too. Right, Um, correct. And look for materials in those lines, yeah.
1: No, but again, you know... uh, i think me and you have talked about it and i've talked to my other friends you know who are also in this whole sustainable space that because sustainability is still you know in its um infant stage i want to mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. not everybody has the access to these uh brands uh that produce these kind of uh, fabrics right. only because it is quite pricey actually correct you know when you're used to spending say twenty dollars on a t-shirt or like say fifty dollars on a dress right. like if you talk about you know a khadi or a hemp piece of clothing it can cost you at least a hundred dollars you right. know And the equivalent of it in India and in other countries. So not everybody, every person can actually afford it. So in those cases, you know, what do you do? You're like, okay, I can't afford all these fabrics. Now what do I do? Mm -hmm. So some of the ways that, you know, when I started getting into this uh, sustainable practices for myself, Mm -hmm. um, some of the practices that you and I and anybody listening to this podcast can start doing right away. Mm -hmm. Number one, Take care of the clothes you already own, correct. you know, and like we said, right? Water waste, but also the more you wash a garment, you're kind of reducing the life of it. Mm-hmm. So, when you wear something and you're thinking about throwing it in the wash, mm-hmm. think about is it really dirty? Can I wear it another one time? Can I just put it out to air and wear it another time? Mm-hmm. So, that way, you're extending the life of the garment, correct? Number two. When you're thinking about, okay, you know, you're looking through your wardrobe, your seasonal wardrobe, you know, like, I don't want to wear these pieces of clothing anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. before just like blindly just putting it in like a, you know, I see in New York City, there are several apartment buildings have these fashion boxes Mm -hmm. where you can just go and donate.
0: Mm -hmm. But again,
1: you have to be careful before you just dump your clothes in there, because what happens is that once you put it in those boxes or donate it, right, not everything directly goes to donations. That is correct. You have to be very, very careful because ultimately whatever doesn't go you know is accepted by thrift stores or other places or you know organizations accepting donations mm-hmm. it eventually lands up even that excess lands up in a landfill yeah, right right you're absolutely right. so make sure that you're giving to uh, people or organizations that you you know that it's directly impacting someone mm-hmm. that someone's actually wearing and you know getting a use out of it a second use out of it mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, working in retail, like um, over the course, you know, um, we tie up with several charities and one of the charities that we tied up with does this fabulous job. They are called Dress for Success. I've heard about
0: them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I actually uh, had the pleasure and privilege of actually interviewing their CEO many years ago, Joey Gordan, about the purpose and impact of the organization. Right. Mm -hmm. So what they basically do is they help you know, women who are trying to get back into the workforce, mm-hmm. who cannot really afford professional clothing, but mm-hmm. they want to look put together. Mm-hmm. So our, like, companies like ours and several others, they donate clothing to them. Oh, wonderful. And what they do is that they make, like, say, I'm a woman who's trying to get back into the workforce. And mm-hmm. I, if I go in there, they have a store-like experience for you. So all the donations they get, they categorize it by size and they have it there. So the women can actually go through it and say, OK, I like this blazer. I like this suit. And they can actually pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a one, uh, another great way to, like, you know, give back to ethnic minorities and people trying to get back into the workforce. Got it another great one I think this you, many of us have heard of and I'm sure some of us have even used it Rent the Runway
0: oh I love Rent the Runway yeah. yes and especially for events that requires you to buy a real formal mm-hmm. clothing or something that could be a tad more expensive that's right Rent the Runway is because you know it's one of those clothing that you buy maybe like what for a gala or for mm-hmm. some festive occasion where you have to just wear to some event Right. and then you never wear that ever again so going and buying Buying an outfit just for that is a waste of money. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking wasting resources. So That's right. Rent the Runway is perfect for that.
1: And you know what, Rama Recently at the New York Fashion Week, mm-hmm. um, there was an Indian South Asian brand. Mm-hmm. They're called Ria Collective. Uh-huh. And you can actually rent or borrow clothes Indian clothes because you know you know when you have that heavy langa, you have right. like a you know beautiful uh, work like a gown or whatever that is right mm-hmm. and you just wear it once and it's lying in your closet right. so instead for Indian clothing if you're looking to buy buy Indian clothing consider mm-hmm. renting oh, yeah. Rear Collective is amazing check them out oh and sure another thing you, you know make it a habit to actually borrow from friends right you know, if your friend is like, oh, I'm getting rid of a bunch of stuff, like, you know, go dig into your cl- her closet and look at your mother's closet. I'm sure right. you'll find treasures there too. Right. right. And another big thing about this practice that we mentioned several times, ask yourself that question, mm-hmm. need versus want. Correct. Big question. Yeah. And I think that'll kind of solve a lot of the problems and urges, you know, and temptations when it comes to uh, buying. Mm-hmm. And last but not the least, this is another one we'll touch upon in our next episode, buying secondhand and thrifting
0: right i think we need we need to you you have some great points about thrifting Mm -hmm. so we need to really make another episode just to talk about that definitely um buying secondhand but i've been introduced to some some really good thrifting brands by you and i Mm -hmm. really i've really enjoyed shopping there yeah and you're 100 percent right it's just Such good clothing, good condition. Yeah. And I would have probably spent like four times the amount just if I had to buy elsewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then for something that I may not keep for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: again, right, um, everything about sustainability is how do you... Buy consciously, buy less. Yes. So how do you do that? One of the best ways to do it is to develop your own sense of style over the course of time. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about this in our next episode when we talk about brands and influencers and all of those and thrifting, etc. But right. creating a capsule wardrobe of all your versatile favorites that mm-hmm. you can pair and wear in different ways over the course of several seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, layer it for winter, wear it as is for summer, et cetera, et cetera. And um, once you do all of this, I think you, I, and the collective, you know, globe can mm-hmm. start sustainable practices and sustainable living like today you know absolutely
0: i completely agree with that yeah yeah so these are such great points Shweta. yeah and i i hope our audience has picked um at least a few of these points mm-hmm. and found this interesting um i really learned a lot because this is really not my area of expertise <laughs> so this was something uh, so refreshing and i really learned a lot and i completely i'm so taken aback by the stats you gave us um, when it comes to the amount of wastage that goes into the whole manufacturing and the uh, process. It's just those numbers are just staggering. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: definitely gets you thinking,
0: right? Yeah, so yeah, I feel like, yeah, sure. those
1: simple things, you know, just keep in mind and just be more conscious. Yeah. It's all about conscious living, right? Well,
0: right. Uh, from, from now on, it's going to be sustainable living, especially sustainable fashion. Yes. For sure.
1: <laughs> so we'll see you all next week on our third part series where we talk about thrifting we talk a lot about um, you know capitalism and how that has catapulted the whole fashion industry and
0: uh, yeah so we look forward to that sounds great looking forward to uh, continuing this conversation and uh, everybody have a good day and uh, we'll talk to you soon bye bye if you like what you heard give us a rating Leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you stream podcasts.
1: It would mean the world to us. Have any questions or simply want to drop us a note? We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at chaibreakpodcast at gmail.com. That's C-H-A-I-B-R-E-A-K podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast or visit us at chaibreakpodcast.com.